0: Let's get ready to barbecue! Cowboy Kev here, welcoming you to another episode of the Man Meat Barbecue Show. With your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company. Your place for small batch, high quality seasonings, and if you're in the Chicago area, catering. Man Meat Barbecue is also brought to you by... Myron Mix and Smokers. Are you on the competition circuit or just looking to kill it around the cul-de-sac? Check out Myron Mix and Smokers. They've got a cooker for you. And now from the Jealous Devil Studios, the charcoal that lights our fire, can't get anything better than that. Don't forget, use the code MANMEATBARBECUE at checkout for some great deals. Here is our host, Mikey K. Take it away, Mike
1: what's up guys so we are hanging out with eric from bbq and beyond so if you if you're going on instagram you got to type in it's barbecue obviously but it's bbq and beyond it's not spelled out but it is all one word eric i want to say thank you so much for coming on the show hanging out with us um i think we're gonna have some interesting conversation just because of just because of what you do and um how you do it so man if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, let's get into this fun conversation.
2: Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so you know, um, you know, I'm into barbecue, but I'm into you know all food. You know, um, you know, somebody once described me as you know simple food just done well, and that's that's me to a T. And you know that's what I love about barbecue because it's you know it's simple food, but you know you spend time doing it and you cook it well. It's absolutely amazing. So what got you, what got you into barbecue first? Kind
1: of what started Um, that, that trend?
2: I started grilling as a kid, like, you know, out on the farm, you know, my mom would always cook chicken, you know, and you know, she got me into cooking like that roadside chicken. Maryland is famous for like this vinegar style roadside open fire pit style chicken. You know, all the fire departments cook it. You know, it's always the big fundraiser thing here. So that's what I started cooking. And, um, you know, that's what really got me into it. Um, you know, I have cooked along the way, along, you know, my career. And um, at one point I was doing consulting and I hated it. You know, I was, I was miserable. So I said, you know what, I'm going to learn to weld and I learned to weld and I had this guy teach me. And the first thing we built was this big barbecue pit. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start cooking hogs. So I started cooking hogs for people. And, you know, that was like 16 years ago now. So the first year I cooked 30 some hogs for people, um, just, you know, sometimes two, three a weekend. And, you know, then it grew into barbecue and competition and you know, full-on catering and everything else. So what rig were you using when you were cooking two to three hogs a weekend, bro? (laughs) I, I got a boat trailer and we built this frame out of tube steel and we wrapped sheet metal onto it. And we built this huge hog cooker that's four foot wide by four foot tall by eight foot long. And the lid weighs, you know, like 250 pounds to lift it up. And, uh, I don't use it anymore. It still sits on the back corner of the property, though, because I haven't had the heart to sell it. Because it's like you know, that's that's one thing you made, and so yeah, but yeah.
1: So that's how I got into it. It's
2: the first, it's the first love, right? Yeah, exactly. The first little beauty. You know, it's like, how do you bring yourself to sell it? But you know, maybe one day. Maybe
1: one day, maybe.
2: Yeah.
1: When you're like, hey, I want something.
2: Yeah, hey, a little, I'm gonna, I, I gonna want something a little, a little different. Bit.
1: Yeah, so what what have you upgraded to? Obviously, because you said you're not cooking
2: on that anymore. So so what are our cooking rigs now? Um, so I've got um, a whole bunch of different stuff. i got the Wide Gambit. Um, uh, I've got three Gateway Drums, which, you know, on my Instagram feed, you know, I'm, I'm posting stuff. I just did a video series for um, Zion Oyster Company doing some char-grilled oysters on the Gateway. Um, okay. The newest rig is a, a Old Hickory CTO DW,
0: okay. so
2: that is the main hog cooker, and that's the, the big, uh, big cooker mounted on the back of my uh, my catering trailer.
1: Okay, okay,
2: it's a nice, but, um, nice little rig there. Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, it's just set it, forget it. You know, um, you know, I, I load it up with charcoal and, um, you know, just throw some logs in there and let her go. Let
1: her go. Yeah. And I mean, it, it packs a good punch, especially for catering. It, it has oh, yeah. a good
2: capacity. Oh yeah. Um, you can do sixty pork butts on it. So I mean, you can, you can feed, you can load that sucker up with four hundred to five hundred pounds of meat, and you can feed a ton of people with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Then and that's something that um, when you start getting into that level, when you start getting into that that size of a cooker, it starts to become a whole different ball game, right?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, I started out, you know, I was just, you know, cooking pigs and dropping them off. And, you know, last year I worked, oh, shoot, probably 30 weekends out of the year doing catering jobs, probably for, you know, anywhere from 50 to 400 people. Okay. Um, you know, obviously with all this stuff going on right now is, you know, the game has completely changed, you know. It has. And I, I
1: you know, I I own a catering company myself and it, it's just it's different right now. It's yeah. 100% different. It's not um, it's not what it was before <laughs> this, you know what I mean? And and yeah. it, so how, how have you
2: transitioned?
1: <sighs> That's a great question. So, we still do our pop-ups at breweries. We're still able to do that currently. Um obviously now now that stuff opened up, we're able to do that. We're back mm-hmm. back doing that. But what we were trying to do is we were just trying to transition to basically single, not single meals per se, but hey, we're going to do, we're going to feed a family of four. Right. And we're going to, we're going to give you, give you this for a family of four. Here's the price. You pre-order it. We, we come out or, you know, not we come out, but you come out on a Saturday. We have a pickup location. You come pick up. We exactly. send it out, um, yeah. and that's what we've been doing, uh, and that worked really well until restaurants reopened, and then we had to pivot again. We had mm-hmm. to go back into going back into the grind of um, <clears throat> throwing up the the pop ups and all that fun stuff. Which don't get me wrong, I love it's not, I don't I don't um, I don't hate going back to that grind, but the other thing that we also did is we've picked up some decent amount of caterings mm-hmm. obviously they're all all kind of smaller
2: right but same th- thing here like everything's like 10 to 50 people maybe yeah
1: yeah we've been lucky enough to where they we've been able to make them work on the same days you know what I mean so we'll pick up three caterings for Saturday mm-hmm. and then try to figure out how to make drop-offs or, you know, whatever work for them. So if they, you know, if that person's like, hey, can you do 4.15? And it's like, man, I could, could, you, could you do 4.30? Would that work? <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> they're like, yeah, 4.30 would be perfectly fine. No, no big deal, you know? It's like, oh, fantastic, because I have a 4 o'clock drop-off. And then, I, right. you know, you're, 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 you're loading it up at the kitchen and you're, you're just going. And that works really well. But um, it, it's been very interesting to see what people want, and we're we're getting a weird response of things coming in really last minute. Like you mm. know, it it didn't happen this week, but almost like every week it's been like, "Hey, can you do something on Saturday for us?" And it's like I got it's,
2: that heavy around Fourth of July. Yeah, but it's
1: like, it's Thursday. (laughs) Like, did you not think about this until Thursday? And, you know, and they're always like, I don't know, I don't know what it's been like for our catering. We offer a one meat, two meat, three meat, different deals. Mm -hmm. And our three meats have been actually moving more, which is strange because they never did before. It was it was a it was a very big like two meat two sides that was a big staple for us, and now it's uh three meat two sides is really moving.
2: You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I've kind of seen the same thing. You know, I, people are wanting more options, and I don't know whether it's because they have a a varied group of people or, or what it is, but you know, people are definitely going for the the more options.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I that could be it. I didn't think about it that way. You, 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 uh, you put a good statement right there that it could just be the more va uh, varied group of people. So, we we've been actually doing a lot of chicken, mm-hmm. and I think that could be why. Is is a lot of chicken has been going through our catering menu lately, and now don't get me wrong, I love cooking chicken. It's not there's nothing wrong with it, um. And our chicken's fantastic, but. It's kind of weird that it just kind of picked up. A lot of people wanted one in the chicken. Cool. And I, I guess you could, like you said, I guess that could be it, that it's, uh, you know, a uh, just the value, the va- the, not the value, but like the, the, the different amount of people that, that could be at these parties.
2: Yeah. And the other thing that I've, I looked at, too, is that, you know, when people are looking at having a party. They kind of set like, you know, a budget. Yep. And, you know, if they're not having as many people, maybe they still have the same amount of budget available so they can afford to have, you know, another meat choice thrown in there. That could be. You know, if, you know, they want to spend $300, you know, on a party and you're going to have, you know, you know, only 15 people versus 30, you know, that kind of gives you a little bit more wiggle room to play. Hey, let's, you know get a little bit more, get a little bit, you know, higher end stuff. So it, it could, you know, definitely. I've, I've had a couple people go for, you know, why goo brisket versus, you know, what they would normally get with a, a choice or a prime. You know? So. Okay. We haven't,
1: we haven't had too much of that. Um, we've had people that are just adding stuff. Mm hmm. um, like I said, adding that third meat has been really, really big in a lot of our caterings lately. And, and that really helps
2: out you with your price point, too, your, sure. your margins. Because, you know, it's you it's, same amount of work. It's not, it's not much effort to add a third meat in there. No, the only time it's hard is when they're like, hey, we want to do ten people, and
1: we want to do, like, three meats, and we want it to be, like, you know brisket uh, pork shoulder and probably like ribs. It's
2: like, oh. <laughs> pick pick the three highest uh, ones and yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's
1: like it, it's also like the weirdest. It's like
2: varied. They
1: they they yield the weirdest, you know what I mean? Because
2: yeah.
1: You you're not going to get a especially if it's like if we only have one catering on that day and no or nobody else orders brisket on that catering day. Then it's like, oh, how do I cook you one brisket?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have well, that's, so much. That's food. why I like to keep a drum around.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, I that I can like <clears throat> that I can do. It, it's not it's not the brisket cook. It's the um, how do I you know make a, make money off of it still? I got gotcha. you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's always the little bit of. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the little bit of hardness right there. Is how do you, you know, not lose money on that cook?
2: Mm-hmm. The way I look at it, I try and, like, if I'm going to do that, I try and make it as, you know, try and fit it in where I can do it as a practice for competition, maybe with a lower grade of meat. Yeah. But then, you know where can i cut my time out you know where Mm -hmm. can i make it less time impact on me to do it as easily as possible and um you know that's one of the things i love about these gateway drums um you know cooking hot and fast cooking hot and fast i mean they just roll turn out a brisket in you know four and a half five hours and it's easy yeah, I mean, uh, it,
1: it's it's insane how quickly you can do them. What, what uh, temp do you start yours at? Uh, I'll
2: start them at 350. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and do you roll them at 350 you know,
1: the whole time, or do you do you go down?
2: No, once I wrap them, um, you know, I'll, I'll drop them down. You know, drop it down to like 350 or 300, maybe a little bit lower. Okay. Um, they don't need to be that hot to finish off. Um, but you know, you, you start it out at three fifty. It gives you that really good bark on there, and really sets it up. And then you know, once you throw in the wrap, just turn it down a little bit. You know, it's pretty easy to regulate temperature on those things. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. Uh, I've cooked on a couple of drums. They're fantastic. Uh, a buddy of mine starts his brisket way hotter, though. He starts it at five hundred and then goes mm. down to three fifty, or I think no, it goes down to three fifty or three twenty five. So basically, like he just starts, he cranks it up. Then he drops it, throws it on when it's, you know, cranked up. Then he drops it, starts dropping it down.
2: Those things really plump up when you do that too. And it's I, it's I crazy to watch. That,
1: that's kind of why he does it is he likes yeah. when they plump up, you know what I mean? Uh, and gets that thicker, that thicker cut in that flat. And then, uh, Yep. but it's, man, it's, it, it's insane to me that he, he hasn't fucking destroyed one yet.
2: Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's the, the neatest thing that I, I like about them, it, you know, and I was like, there's no way you're hanging ribs in there and hanging them two inches above the fire, you know, but you know, yeah. throw eight ten racks in there. They're, sometimes I've had them like, you know, half inch above the coals and they don't burn up, you know, it's, it's, they're amazing cookers. You rotate them around and well, it's also, it turns got- out a great product.
1: Everything drips down, right? I mean, everything's everything. All yeah. the juices are pushing down.
2: You get what they call that sizzle. Yeah, yeah. You see those T-shirts that say sizzle on them all the time. Uh, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're fantastic. Yep. They're, it's insane how how well they work, and how how good of like, not I, I don't want to say how good of a product they put out, but how consistent of a product it puts out. Mm -hmm. And they are super duper efficient for what they are. Mm -hmm. They're crazy efficient. I always say the only thing that they really lack is space. You know is what? Space. Oh yeah. Because when you try cooking when you start cooking mass amounts, I mean that
2: you got space. You know, that yeah, no, you, yeah, you Yeah, you can't you can't do volume on them. No, no. The, no I mean, did. the only thing you can probably do volume on them is ribs. I saw a a picture Fourth of July weekend. This guy was running um on the Midwest. He was running a gateway drum with a hunsacker um rib rack in it. He was cooking okay. eighteen racks of ribs at one time, hanging them. Jesus, which is insane. I mean, I've done ten. And after an hour, the amount of grease that's dripping down on that fire, you pull that lid off, and I mean, you're just—it's <laughs> just hitting you with white smoke, and you—you got to take them off and wrap them and everything. Well, yeah, but he was it's just
1: 18 that
2: eighteen racks. Of eighteen racks. So he said that he took them off and he wrapped them, and then he put them on, you know, his pellet cookers and finished them off in, you know, Green Mountain or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, eighteen, that's
1: oh, man, dude, that's insanity. I um I did a I did a cook last weekend and I um we did we did six briskets, uh, I think it was six pork shoulders, um some chickens, some some pork bellies and stuff like that, and man, it's just the amount of grease sometimes you get just. <laughs> You know, and mm-hmm. I cook. I cook on a water cooker, so um, I have a giant water pan, and it, it catches all of it. You got to drain that water afterwards. Uh, I was I was joking around with one of my buddies. I'm like, dude, it's like
2: fucking motor oil when you're draining it. <laughs> Are it is, you cooking on a uh, backwoods or a Humphreys? I'm, cook- or? I'm cooking
1: on a Myron Mixon. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So I'm cooking on a Myron Mixon H2O. So yeah. with when you drain it, you know. You see it, and man, whew. I, I just thought it was so funny. I'm like, man, that's exact, and it, it happens all the time. So it's not like,
2: you know. Oh yeah, it's glob, glob's rolling out. Yeah,
1: it's not, but it's not new to me. But I, I just, it, it's like, man, that's motor oil.
2: Yeah, it's the same thing on the 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 DW.
1: Yeah. You know. Yep. You gotta drain that grease. It's like fucking motor
2: oil, man. It, it's, it's nice having a grease drain though, because I've got a, um, I've got a Humphrey's uh, cubed um, Downey's beast, okay, and it's got the uh, the slide out water pan, so you know when you're done, you know uh, trying to slide that thing out and dump it and everything, it's, you know they're great cookers, heavy duty, perfect yeah. for the winter, um, but that, yeah, that,
1: that's why I ended up going with the mixing is we cook it, I cook in all weather obviously, and I cook year round and some of the hardest things is like man it needs to be insulated you know it yep. needs to be heavy duty and i need to not lose a shit ton of wood in the in the in the winter um, and i don't it doesn't do bad you know what i mean it, it it's it's fantastic it obviously no matter what when it's you know 5 degrees outside it's going to eat more wood i don't care how insulated your firebox is that oh, yeah. you know, the air that's going into the damn chamber is a lot colder than it is when it's ninety degrees outside. <laughs> you know, a lot Absolutely. easier to bring bring an air air temperature up. You know, when you're already starting at ninety, than when you're trying to bring it up from you know zero or or, or negative degrees.
2: Hmm.
1: And we, you know, we we've always had good luck with it. We've always had. Um, haven't really had any problems with it um we did have somehow i think it was three weeks ago somehow a small pebble got into our water feed through the hose i don't know if it just you know through the you know through the got through the filter or how it got through but it was the tiniest little pebble and it clogged up our, our feed so i had to take it apart and do all that kind of stuff to it but Besides that, I've never had any real problems with the cooker. It's always cooked really, really well for me, and
2: I enjoy it. Cool. How'd you get started cooking on um, um, Myron's cookers? On
1: on the mixins, man. Yep. Um, so I got an email from David one day, being like, "Hey, would you ever want to come out and interview interview Myron?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I would love to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. that's, that's <laughs> exactly what I would like to do." And he's like, "Oh, dude!" He's like, "We have a class up in, um, up in Connecticut where the where the smokers are made. Would you want to come to that?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, cool. Let's let's figure that out." And we figured out logistics and all that stuff, and and got out there, and um, I I went to the class and I got to see the uh, I got to take the class, which was fantastic. <sighs> then um, I uh, you know I sat and chatted with all of them and and did all that kind of fun stuff. And I got to see the cookers, you know, in real life. I got to see the way that they were cooking. See, we got to, you know, we got to cook on them in the class. So it was, <clears throat> it was a really fun experience to see the cooker in action, right? Before you yeah thought about purchasing it, and then when I I was getting ready to start, you know, the barbecue company that I own now, I was like, man, I was toying between them and a Lang. Um because I wanted a stick burner and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with the mixing because of the insulation and all that, all that stuff. So I went with that. And then a couple weeks later, uh, I continued talking to David and all that stuff. And uh, they asked me to be on their pro team. So I've been on the pro That's team awesome. for, I think two years now. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm bad with time and with COVID happening. I think I literally think like March was some, fucking year ago
2: (laughs) i'm still in march i don't know what you're talking about like this is the hottest march i've ever been in.
1: (laughs) like i swear like i i was talking time warp you know exactly i was talking to my buddy chris because we did a cook together um in I, i think it was late january early february and i swear like i i was like oh dude you know, when was that cook? I'm like, it was so long ago. He's like, it was three weeks ago. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I just, I don't know time. Like, time's just, it goes, it it went
2: away. Just stuck in a time warp.
1: Now, what did you guys do?
2: How did you guys pivot? So, um, we started doing, um, you know, we have that kind of like a, a um uh like an email order system thing where I can put out like email blasts and you know, yeah. I can put out text blasts and people can, you know, then you know order through that. So <clears throat> when the job started canceling, luckily, um it was only a few canceling because one of our biggest things um that we've gotten into in the past couple of years is doing more weddings. You know, we're yeah. in kind of a more rural area, and, you know, people want to go for that, you know, rural, barbecue, yeah. rural, farm-style wedding. So, you know, we kind of really fit that niche with, like, a higher-end barbecue. Um, so a lot of those have just postponed for next year. So that's good. I have that. Um, okay, see,
1: we – we, ours got um, – we're – I think we have four weddings, but we're just starting to get into the wedding game. And I think we mm-hmm. have four wedding books – uh, booked this year and we lost all four. Oh wow yeah because yeah, they so. they lost their venues and Uh-oh. they lost their venues a lot or at least a lot of them lost their venues and when they went to go rebook like they they were basically like trying to rebook and the venue was like cool you can rebook for next year but you don't have this date and they're like what do you mean we don't have the date they're like well that date's booked already for next year that date's booked already So, like, that's the hard part, being in a little bit more of a, a, you know, a city area, but wanting that same feel. There's only so many venues that will give that to you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Luckily out here, you know, we have a few more venues and, you know, people do more outdoor weddings with, you know, tents and stuff. Um, Especially, you know, we're kind of in like a really sweet spot because we're right on the Chesapeake Bay. So, we have tons of waterfront properties where people can set up um, tents and, you know, host a wedding. But then we're also, you know, have the rural farm country, a lot of old barns and, like, that kind of setup, too, that, yep. you know, people have turned into um, venues. So, um, that's been, you know, a really good thing for us the past couple of years. So, a couple of them, you know, the majority um, of them have um, postponed for next year, our next events are coming up in uh end of september and then october um we do a couple big vending festivals um but those have all canceled for the year yeah same thing with us
1: you know all the vending all the all the festivals canceled for the year it's actually funny we're getting hit up for next year's festivals already the only weird thing is man they're hitting us up already for deposits and i'm like Well, a couple of them have. A couple of them have hit us up, and they're like, well, if you want to guarantee your spot, I want a deposit. And I'm like, you do know that you're asking me for a deposit for an event that is in June of 2021. And I'm barely the fuck out of 2020 right now, right? Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I am just getting into August of 2020. You're hitting me up for something that's literally almost a year away. It's like we're trying to keep me,
2: the company alive here.
1: Asking me for a deposit for a festival that a got canceled this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen next year. Um, and I think that's gonna be one of the biggest things is how our festival is gonna be next year. How our number gonna how our number is gonna be because you know. I don't know how your guys festivals do it, but I'm guessing everyone pretty much does it similar. I've been doing festivals for for uh, a very long time, not only so n- not only with food, but with, with other stuff is you, you know they, they'll tell you some kind of number base of what happened last year, right? If you've yep. never done that festival and I'm I'm very interested to see how it how it plays out next year because then it's like Well, two years ago this happened, but but now this is after COVID. So where where
2: where do we stand? What are people gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our biggest festival is the Waterfowl Festival here in Eastern Maryland, and um, you know it's fifty thousand plus every year. Um, they block off the whole downtown and, uh, we set up right on the street. They have they space, the vendors out and you can have, you know, they make sure that vendors don't copy what you're doing. Um, so like, uh, we have a, I have a friend of mine who has, it's a butcher shop called Galvanelles and, uh, he makes this crab cake sausage for us and, um, the stuff is killer. I mean, we top it with a remoulade coleslaw and people go crazy for it, especially like right in the fall um you know at the end of the crab season around here um you know we've done smoked turkey legs and pulled pork's the the biggest thing or barbecue nachos or you know all that stuff yeah um but luckily they don't require a deposit what they do is you work with a non-profit and um then 10 percent of your your sales go towards the benefit of the um the festival and the nonprofit. So they split that 10%. So okay. you kind of, you kind of don't have to put up money up front. They just take it on the back end, which I'm perfectly happy with. That,
1: that is great. We actually, we had one fest that I guess they're, they they did not cancel. We weren't going to do it because it's, it's very far out of our, um, out of our, um, area. I'm talking like almost two and a half hours away. And we don't, we weren't really gonna, it, it was kind of a fest we got emailed about. We talked about it about to a, a little bit. And then, like, I know a lot of people dropped out of it. And then they, they messaged us being like, hey, would you guys still wanna do it? And I'm like, well, wait. Like, I forgot even when the fest was because we weren't gonna do it. So I was like, wait, when's the fest? I'm like, you guys are still doing it? And they're like, yeah, we're still gonna do it. If you can do us a favor, give us ten percent of your sales. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to drive three and a half hours, get a hotel room, and give you ten percent of my. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it, it. It. Like there was just too much. I was like, we're barely gonna make any money off if we do this. I'm like, I'm just not gonna do it. I'd rather stay stay in the area, where. I can either get some more business from it, you know, being being at a pop-up and popping up and people being able to see us and then maybe booking us for caterings or something like that. I'm like, it's just, it's way worth to to stay stay at home. Exactly.
2: Because, I mean, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to, even if you pick up a hundred person job, you know, three and a half hours away, it it doesn't become practical. It's, you know. No, no, not at all.
1: Um, I'm a little worried that the state's going to shut back down. I, I just, I don't, I, I feel, I just have this weird feeling in my stomach.
2: Uh, it's, there's so much uncertainty right now. I mean, it's, I'm actually like happy that, uh, you know, I don't have any jobs coming up. I got a, one little delivery next weekend, but you know, I don't have any big things. It gives me time to do some fun cooks and. Uh, (laughs) I've been doing, uh, a hot dog of the day for the month of July. So, (laughs) you know, I'm 20 some hot dogs deep and, uh, today was, uh, the Elote dog. The Elote dog. Oh man. It was, it was great. Uh, I posted it this morning and, uh, Nathan's picked it up actually and reposted it and, uh, was running with it. I was was pretty stoked about that post. Yeah, it's foot-long Nathan's dog topped with, um, you know, uh, the grilled corn mixed with some mayo. Yep. Create yep. the cheese and um. I'm a red Chicago boy. Cilantro. I know exactly
1: what a is. Believe me. Oh,
2: the the first dog I did of the month was a Chicago dog. I love a Chicago dog. It's hard to beat the celery on the poppy seed bun. Killer. Yep. Killer. So. Yeah, I was pretty uh, pretty stoked today for National Hot Dog Day.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, have you tried the um, have you tried a slot dog yet?
2: I haven't. I've seen those all over, and I've got to get um, get one of those ordered. They look awesome, dude.
1: You can do so many fun things with it, like I I can't stress how much fun they can be <laughs> <laughs> because like when you open that hot dog right you can do it with a knife obviously if you wanted to but yeah. um, if you're doing if you're doing more than four hot dogs you really don't want to mess with a knife no you know what I mean like I really don't feel like scoring that many hot dogs when I can just take my slot dog and just literally pop it down four times and then walk away.
2: And, I mean, you get all the crispy edges and everything. Oh,
1: dude, you get the crispy edges. And then they have a um, – it's called Frank's Bank, which is their uh, their seasoning. Dude, it's
2: – I haven't been, seen that.
1: It makes hot it, – it's weird. It makes hot dogs better. <laughs> like, it, it's so – like, it actually complements the hot dog. Like, I never thought that I would ever be like, oh, this rub is just for hot dogs. And it's like a – and it doesn't have to be just for hot dogs, but – I'm saying like it's a hot dog enhancing rub like I I would just never think that I would do that but it, it's so
2: amazing. That's ridiculous. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to order that first thing tomorrow.
1: Yeah, dude, they're fantastic. They're 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 super easy to clean. I've had mine for years and it's still sharp. Um. Now I have a I have a little I have a little one and she loves it. She loves doing them uh it's just it's just fun for her you know what i mean obviously i'm sure my girls him, would love it we don't let her do him alone she's a little too young for that you know just i, I still get worried just because it, it is a little sharp it's not like it's not razor sharp in the sense of like yeah if you put enough pressure on it you'll cut uh but like to me like i'm not gonna worry about it
2: on how old age. is she
1: she's three so I'm nice. still I'm still a, a little worried about letting her do it herself, you
2: know what I mean? Yeah. I've got a 5-year-old and I've got a 7 soon to be 8-year-old and um like they see me cooking on weekends. And they're like, "Oh, we want to cook." You know, we want we want to cook with you. That's man. awesome. So, um I just got them a um Weber Smoky Mountain starting and them out right. um starting them out right, learning to use the uh, you know, the vents and everything. So, we were, I was teaching them uh, my youngest last weekend when we were doing um, some smoked oysters on that. And um, they don't know this yet, but um, I have a, a gateway drum for each one of them. And uh, one of them's blue and it's getting um, purple flames on the bottom of it. And then I've got very a black nice. one that's getting hot pink flames on the bottom of it for them. So, very nice. We'll, we'll all have drums. So they're moving. They're moving on up to the Gateway Drum. Yeah, they got. They got to get the. Uh, they got to get the Weber Smoky Mountain down before they'll. They'll get them though. They're just sitting under covers. So.
1: Oh, see, look at that. Yeah. It's like it's like a rite of passage. Like. You have now. You have now grown up. To a little bit no, higher of a cooker.
2: They'll be super stoked when they see them. So
1: now, when you cook in your Gateway, do you cook with a um? Do you ever, like if you're not hanging ribs, but if you're cooking just, if you're just cooking your, you know, pork butts, uh, briskets, do you cook with a a heat baffle or no?
2: So, yeah. So, um. Because I know some guys do, some guys don't. It, it, it's very. I do both. Okay. Um, when I'm cooking competition, I, I don't use a deflector plate. Um, I'm looking for that direct heat, that that sizzle, um, everything dripping straight down on the fire. Um, when I'm doing it for, you know, if I've got one brisket to cook, um, you know, for you know, somebody that calls last minute and I fire it up, I will throw the deflector plate in there. Because it gives you that little bit of insurance. You don't have to watch it as closely. Yeah. You know, if I get caught up doing something else or, you know, whatever, it's, it's not going to burn up. You know, if, if I'm not watching it, um, you know, with cooking without that deflector plate, you leave it too long, you know, you know, you're going to get it a little crispy because you're, you're cooking hot. So, yeah, so I, I do both and, you know, the deflector plate definitely has its advantages. Um, you know, it, it helps even out the temperature in there too. Yeah. So it, it lets you cook, you know, a little bit bigger load. You know, if you're going to cook, you know, three, four. Sometimes, yeah. If you got yeah. small pork butts, you might be able to fit five of them in there. But that's that's the max. I was going to say you're starting to, you're starting to kind of um, run out of airflow.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're starting to run a little bit out of airflow. Not to mention the amount of grease you're going to start pushing down in that. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's going to start to pork butts will start to build up. They'll start to build up that grease. <laughs> oh, yeah, yep. Especially now do you wrap your pork butts or do you do you just finish them out without wrap? On the
2: drums, um on my Humphreys, on my original cooker on the egg, I'll I'll wrap them. Okay. Um on the CTO, uh you you don't need to wrap them. Um I started fooling, you know, I just got it probably a month and a half, two months ago. Okay. And, um, I started fooling around with some ribs and, uh, different meats on there, cooking them side by side, wrapping versus unwrapping, um, flipping, you know, versus not. And, um, yeah, there's, there's no need to wrap on that thing. Um, just with the way the air flows through it, the amount of moisture in that cooker. Yeah, you have no need to wrap. So you know that's going to be a huge savings for for um, you know time, uh, time, large catering events, money. Yeah, it's it's going to be a huge savings. Foil ain't cheap. <laughs> no, <laughs> not to mention everything that goes into there. I mean, just you know. Yeah, not a, I mean. I mean,
1: we, we, the way that we finish ours out is we go to about 175 and then I pull them and I, I put them into a foil pan and then mm-hmm. I just put them in and then I finish them out. And then usually they just get pulled in that foil pan. Yeah. So that foil That's pan true. goes,
0: you know, just I mean? let it, them rest.
1: Yeah. They just let it get, it gets put in, gets put into a hot box. It rests and then it gets pulled in that foil pan and then it just gets sent out into the catering rig. Um, mm-hmm. and then. I'm not doing any extra steps. I'm already leaving it, you know, leaving, leaving the pork butts where they need to be, right? right. Uh, I just want to catch some of the drippings, um, so that it kind of rests itself in in its drippings, and I, I find that to to give me my my best moist product. But I mean, right. like, at the same time, like I have so much moisture in my chamber. Whew! It's hard to dry well, the I'm fuckers sure. up. You know, I, I'm cooking over six gallons of water.
2: I was that's gonna say the whole that, time. That I was gonna. I was guessing around seven to ten.
1: Yeah, it's it might be it might be around seven, because I cook at the uh, I cook at the middle. There's three different levels that you can set your water. I cook in the middle, um. So it's probably around probably around like six to seven gallons. So it's it's just you know it's just going, and the amount of moisture that's just in that chamber, whoo, It's crazy. It really
2: is crazy. Like. You, you get that uh, nice, like, sauna facial when you open the doors. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but I can still – but a lot of people always ask me, like, well, are you still able to set a bark? Man, I've never had a problem setting a good
2: hard bark on me. No, nope. Never. I used Even to cook all on all backwards.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: So same, same style cooker. I mean, you know, we'd cook, you know, 250. And, you know, like you said, you know, that water is just sitting in the water pan boiling the whole time. And, um, you know, we never had a problem setting bark. Not a problem at all. No.
1: I, I've never had a problem setting the bark, man. I've always, always, always had really good bark. And I think I get better bark on my brisket on my mixin' than I do on any of my other
2: cookers. Because you get that, like, it, it sets the bark, but you still get you get, still that get that soft bark it's you still not get them, yeah. that hard crunchy burn up
1: exactly yeah, yeah exactly and it it just i mean man they they come out perfect come out beautiful and i i do cook a little hotter and faster on it because the unit allows me to which is mm-hmm. fantastic uh i normally cook at 275 300 uh sometimes sometimes we'll be at 300 325 just depends on the day depends on the time of uh of deliveries too. Um, and how much how much meat we're throwing in there, you know what I mean? If if I'm loading the whole thing up fully, I, I tend to go a little bit hotter. Yeah. That
2: uh, that makes complete sense.
1: Yeah, just let's get it done. You know, let's do yeah. this. Now, how would when, when you guys are do do you guys do any vending besides festivals? Do you do any like day-to-day vending?
2: No, not really. We've done a couple of pop-ups and stuff, but where I'm located, they they're not big on food trucks and stuff. Okay. So, I've kind of like just completely stayed out of that area of um stayed out of that game. Yeah, you know, that that marketplace. Um so we we've kind of tried to like find our niche, you know, and our, our our niche is, you know, I'd say 150 to to 200 person events a lot of uh, private events and weddings. Um, okay. And then, you know, we'll throw in uh, a festival here and there. Um, you know, get the, the boom of people coming through. People see what you're doing. You know, they ask about you. You know, and then they'll book events and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, we keep our name out there. Um, occasionally, we'll do like a, a small vending pop-up thing just for fun. Um, try new stuff. We did one last year and we did, um, brisket bond me's. Um, then, um, you know, when we started out, all I did was fundraisers, like just to get my name out there. Okay. Now I never had to do print advertising or take out ads or anything. Everything's been word of mouth and you know, it's just grown. But what we would do is a lot of these organizations, you know, they want to raise money and stuff. So I was single at the time. I didn't have any help. I didn't want to pay anybody. So I said, listen, you bring your organization. You bring a tent, a table, and all the drinks. We'll set up. You go around to businesses. You sell, you know, sandwiches. You deliver them. You do the advertising. I'll come. I'll bring the meat. You guys make the sandwiches and take it out there and we'll split everything 50, 50. Okay. And it was a huge success. You know, they would go out the organization, you know, they, they'd sell to all their people. You know, we would do two to 300 Yeah. dinners or sandwiches, you know, in three, four hours. And then we just split it right down the middle. And the expense that I had in it was, you know, my labor, the meat, the roll, and either chips or a side or whatever. yeah, but you were and, building you know, something so you you, you were egg,
1: willing exactly. to to not necessarily make as much money
2: as you should be making, right to build. But that base that I built over you know two years and uh, helped tremendously you know, was was big. And, you know, there's one organization that I became involved with where I have my commissary and stuff. I still do stuff for them. You know, I'll do one major event a year for them or something like that. Yeah. Help them out. um, Stay connected. Um, But for the most part, we don't do that many fundraisers anymore. We
1: do, we do, um, we do a couple different fundraisers. We do, we do two or three fundraisers a year. Um, But, it's nothing. It's nothing super crazy. Uh, one is the one is a beer fest that we kind of do. Um, that's a fundraiser, and it's a lot of fun because you get a lot of free beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, it's, and, and those are those are just like sampler sizes. You don't have to give people um,
2: full courses, right? Full sandwiches, just a little bite.
1: Yeah, so it's just little bites, which is fantastic because it gets your name out there. It, it shows you're giving back and stuff like that. We also we, we do some stuff. Uh, we just did a, a big one for a firefighter, which was awesome. Be able to you know give back to people to to a firefighter. He got injured on the job.
2: Oh, cool! He can't. He um, did that.
1: Yeah, he can't. He can't work now as a firefighter. So like you know, we we're just trying to help his him and his family out, which was really really cool.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so we do we do fun stuff like that um it's always hard because we get hit up for so many and it's like man i would love to do every single one of them but unfortunately like i gotta make money too yeah there's (laughs) only
2: so much you can give
1: i i can only give you so much before it's like hey dude i don't have a business anymore yeah because you've asked me for free shit too many times you know what i mean like oh yeah and it's always it's always like a, a lot of them now are just a lot of work you know they they really are it's, and it, i'm not saying it in a bad way a lot of work i'm just saying it's 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 you got there's a lot
2: of work to to be put into it well that's one of the big things that i think people don't understand about barbecue yeah it's like there's so much labor that goes into this you know and especially like when you tell people okay it's gonna be Twenty-three dollars a pound for brisket. Yeah. Like, what? Like okay. Let let me run through this. You know, you're gonna trim off half, and then you're gonna take and you're gonna lose half when you cook. And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, I'm going to spend ten to fourteen hours doing this. Yep. Um. You know, there there's a ton of labor in it. It's you yeah, know, yeah. But brisket's just... only four dollars a pound. Come on. <laughs> exactly. But they. <laughs> Not so when you, right, well, you throw half of it double away. Double that and then double it again. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: they they just don't. I've always said barbecue should be the most expensive food out there, just because of a how many hands that it goes through, b how much time it goes through. It it it's there's so many hours of cooking. We we get um, we get thrown up against a lot of like taco trucks because there's a lot of taco trucks around here. There's some cool empanada trucks around here. Um, there's even a, a couple hot dog trucks out here, you know. And one of the really really big trucks around here is called Toasty Cheese. They're they're a um, they're a uh, grilled cheese truck, right? Mm-hmm. And man, dude, you don't understand how many times we go against these people, and the customer will be like, "Yeah, but they're telling me they're only fifteen dollars a person." I'm like <laughs> awesome. Their product yep. takes 20 minutes to cook.
2: Yep. Mine does it's not. It's got no prep time.
1: <laughs> but at the same time like we get at when we do like festivals and when we do um we do like food truck rallies and shit like that and then we've done uh, some food truck lunches. It's it's so funny like we'll have people that like will come up to us and they're like, "Man, you guys don't have a line. You guys must not be busy." I'm like because these guys have had a line the entire time. And I go, "Uh uh-huh. How many people do they serve? And they'll be like, I don't know, 55. Cool. We did 200 people in the same time that they did
2: 55.
1: Right. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, my product is already done. I've done the legwork.
2: I've been, I've just spent the past 10 hours doing it before I showed up. Exactly. I spent the (laughs) 10,
1: I spent 10 hours, you know, making sure that that line only took me 25 minutes or something. You know what I mean? Like, obviously it was a little bit longer than that but it's like we've done lunch break stuff for people you know what i mean and it's like if you're going to do a lunch break thing you can't sit there and, and, and be you know your ticket line can't get backed up 30 minutes
2: no cuz no, i have do to this eat. i do this fundraiser every year um, it's for you know we're a big water community here and these the YMCA puts this thing on to raise money to pay for um, kids in the community gets raised money for free swim lessons. So, um, it's typically 300 plus people. And, you know, I'll set up two buffet lines and run people down either side of the buffet lines. They have huge band playing, you know, tables, people's everywhere. And I will feed 300 to 350 people in 20 minutes to 30 minutes i mean we move them through there we blow through food you know i've got six people just constantly shuttling pans out to the buffet lines and you know it they're like wow this is so efficient i was like well it's you know everything's ready it's good it's done you know
1: it's not necessarily as efficient as you think it is you know what i mean like (laughs) well it's 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 the fact that it's managed chaos (laughs) it's no it's completely managed chaos but it what it, but what I was saying with that is like, it. we've already done the prep work and we've yep. done the cooking work that a lot of these food trucks are doing on site.
2: Yep. And, now, do you guys have a food truck?
1: Uh, we are in the m- middle of getting a food trailer. So we've been doing all of this stuff out of food tents, which is a whole nother rough life. But oh, yeah. um, because of been COVID there. and the funness of COVID, um, our food truck, our food trailer got pushed back. Who are you uh, having built it? Um, it is a company by us. It is Advantage Trailers. Okay. I so, kind of, I have a food trailer.
2: Okay. Uh, and, uh, I had, I went with, uh, Southern Dimensions out of Georgia.
1: I was going to go with them and I probably should
2: have. Where so, where's the uh your company located
1: at? Uh, they're they're located in Carroll Stream, Illinois. Oh, okay, well that's which, a lot closer. Which is a lot closer to us, yeah. and that's why we decided to go with them. So I was like, oh, they'll be closer. I will have more contact with them. Not necessarily the case. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's been it's been a rough one. Communication
2: has not been. Um, amazing. well you know I think that you know hopefully on the back end you know the, the quality of product is there and that, that'll hopefully. be the main thing That's, yeah. that
1: is the, that is the most important thing. So basically kind of what we're hoping is, is it's there and, and we're doing it and um, we'll be able to have our trailer because we did we did go a little bit bigger than um, you know most people do on their first one. We decided to to do a twenty four foot trailer. Uh huh. Completely
2: with, enclosed. You have a porch for the uh, mixing.
1: We have a ten foot porch. Okay. So nice. so it's a very large porch. It'll. What I'm also going to do is I'm actually going to put a flat top on the porch also.
2: Nice.
1: Um. That way we don't have to have a exhaust
2: system. Uh huh. Make make my life a little bit easier, right? Yep. It'll That's suck. where I put my fryers, out on the porch. Like okay. when I do events and stuff, that way I don't have to have exhaust. Did the exact yeah. same thing. It, and then
1: just a lot easier. Here you go. Boom. It'll suck on days that it
2: rains. But You know, you'd be surprised. Not really. Um, we had a pour down rain at one event. You know, even with two fryers on the back and the smoker, um, it wasn't bad. You Know we didn't have any you know water beating into the fryers or you know, oh, that's good. You you put a drop cloth on, you're good to go. Okay, um, I've got a 28 foot with a Venus, okay, um, and a nine foot porch, okay. Um, so I've got a a storage area up in the front with pocket door, and then that's fantastic. The middle section it's you know, three base sink, and I got a CVAP in there um refrigerator, overhead refrigerator over the CVAP and Okay. It's nice nice little setup. A lot so, of what we do. We have um we get a lot of requests for fried chicken and stuff and the CVAP comes in like huge because we can just uh, adjust the humidity in that and uh, keep everything nice and crispy.
1: Ooh that that's fantastic. Yeah. That is that is fantastic. Um we don't get too much fried chicken requests. Uh we do we do do a smoked wing that we uh, Ooh, that we nice. do fry. So we smoke them, we cool them completely, and then we fry them. Yeah, and those come out fantastic. If you've yeah, never tried no, those, those are fantastic.
2: I I love smoked wings. Actually, chicken wings are like you know top five. I mean, yeah, I love them. Yeah, dude,
1: chicken wings are fantastic.
2: I did the there? um, I did the Westmont barbecue contest okay yeah. um back in 2012 went out there um scotty johnson the cancer sucks chicago got us to come out there and um, they had a chicken wing contest mm-hmm. so you know we roll out there 18 hours <laughs> yep you know straight driving and uh, the guy's like, uh, all right, so everything's got to be done over open fire. And I was like, all right, well, shoot, I'm frying my wings. You know, fired up a Weber Smokey Mountain, coals in the bottom, sat the pot of oil on top, deep fried the wings, turned them in. And we're sitting at awards, and this guy comes on the radio, He's like, or on the, the microphone, he said, you know, I just got to tell you guys, this is so awesome, you know, so many great smoked, wings grilled wings out here it's like i gotta be honest if i never had to eat another fried wing in my life you know i'd be perfectly ha- happy and um <laughs> i ended up winning first place in the wings <laughs> So <laughs> i go up there and he's like all right so can you tell us about your wings I was like yeah well um fried them I fried them, they are deep fried, and, uh, and he just got like this blank look on his face, and I just took the check and walked away.
1: <laughs> like, well, you know what we did? We 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 um we used an open flame to fry the fuckers, and uh, <laughs> they were great. Uh, that's so funny, man. I like do the reason I like do I like putting that smoke into them, right? And then it- and then frying them because you can- you need that crunchy skin. Like, yeah oh you, you gotta have crispy skin on You ways. gotta have crispy skin and like first of all if i'm cooking somewhere if it, they're not getting served right away it, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna stay crispy so See, if i smoke them and then bring them down in temp and hold them cold i can do the order quickly you know what i mean
2: right yeah and it's just fantastic See, that's that's the thing I ran into with like people wanting like I make this amazing honey fried chicken and you know the more people have it the more people want it yep. and you know it's like all right how do I do this for this many people and I was like I you know I just can't and then um, you know you, you see these restaurant auctions pop up all the time and uh, there was this CVAP Winston CVAP came available and I was like oh I know what that is so I I was lucky enough. I picked this thing up for 350 bucks and was able to mount it right in, right inside the trailer, and it works out perfect. Man, I can fry up my chicken. I just set it and keep everything, you know, really crispy. And at the same time, you know, if you want to hold like brisket or whatever, you just crank the humidity and turn yeah. down your convection on it, and man, it just keeps it super moist. Yeah. So health departments love them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dude, the health de- uh, I've had some fun fun run ins with the health department.
2: Oh, they're uh, great, aren't they? They're uh, great, great. They very, m- very much don't understand barbecue. Not a clue. Don't understand barbecue at all. I turned in a an application to do a festival once and the woman called me and she's like, "So, what temperature are you going to cook your your pork to?" And I was like, "Uh, Probably between 198 degrees and 202 degrees. And she was like, wow, that's going to be so dry. <laughs> I was like, no. She's and like, you, you were like, Duns at 165? And I was like, not for me, it's not.
1: You're like, yo, yeah, it's going to be dry, as you <clears> probably <throat> shouldn't come eat it. <laughs> it's okay. I had, I, had, I had a lady call me, and she's like, so is the meat ever raw? I'm like, yeah, before we cook it. Like I, like I didn't know how to answer because <laughs> she's like it's never raw. She's like, well, because she's like asking us, and like when we do our pop ups, we bring everything hot in Cambros, right? Right. I'm like, so it'll be hot, served hot, kept hot, served hot. And she's like, okay. Now when is it raw? I'm like before you cook it, <laughs> like. Before it they goes don't into... understand
2: you're not cooking it on site.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, before before I cook it, it'll be raw. Yeah. She's like, oh, so it is raw at one point. Yeah, no, all meat is raw at one point. <laughs> like, after you kill the animal, it is raw meat. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to tell you. <laughs> and it's always, it's always mm-hmm. like, they there's like this weird pause when they're like uh i think i just asked them the weird question you know what i mean like yeah. like when they're like uh i feel dumb now <laughs> or we had we had one <laughs> girl um we we were they, the the commissary that we were using has has they they actually have three different commissary locations around the area and they're all named the same thing just different city after it right mm. And she's like, uh, so we have an issue. And I'm like, what's our issue? She's like, you guys aren't registered at this commissary for us. And I was like, how are we not? I'm like, yes, we are. I go, she's like, no, we're not. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait. I'm like, no, honey, we cook out of a different county's commissary. And she's like, oh, I guess, I, I guess you guys are fine then. <laughs> I'm like, so you totally want to like shut me down because you thought we were doing something wrong. And like, <laughs> We're like, uh, no, no, you just didn't read the full application, like you didn't read like where we cook out of,
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: I'm like, ah, oh, okay, it's fine, shit happens. That's right. But it, it's always really fun, and then, like, I don't know if you've had your the health department come out and take temps, which I'm sure you have. Oh yeah. Um, I had a, I had a health department girl come out and tell me that my my pulled pork was sitting at 45 degrees. And I'm like, dude, that thing just came out of a smoking hot cam, Like, there's no fucking way it's sitting at 45 degrees. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's been, like, literally, it's been, I think it was, like, seven minutes from the time that I pulled it out of my camera to the time that she tempted it. I'm like, dude, I could have not put that in anything. I could have left it on the countertop, and it wouldn't have dropped that fast. No. Like, it, it wouldn't have mattered. And... I took my thermopen out, stuck it right in the middle of our pulled pork, and I'm like, mm, yeah, so it's 155. And she, like, looked at my thermopen, looked at her, like, janky-issued thermometer. She's like, okay. <laughs>
2: See, that's one thing I will say. All of our people are issued thermopens around here now.
1: Oh, dude, they so are it's not. Cool. I wish they were issued thermopens around here. They're not. Not all of them. Some of them are issued, like, just the... Cheap, you know, twenty dollars thermometers, which do work. Don't get me wrong, but it she what she ended up actually doing is she put it because I had them in hot like I had them in uh, food warmers,
2: uh-huh.
1: and I had just put water in them, so the water that I put in was probably like seventy five degrees. It wasn't hot. Yeah, it sucks the heat right out. It, but it wasn't it wasn't hot yet. Like it, they were heating up, but they weren't they weren't blazing hot yet. Right. Mm-hmm and she put it between the foil pan and the water. Mm. And started taking that temperature. Instead of the actual meat temperature. Right. Which it tends to be a different temperature. <laughs> just a little. Just 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 by, you know, 100 degrees. 100 degrees, hundred Just a small swing. It's a small swing. Yeah. Just a, just a small tiny little swing. Oh, well, so, Eric, yeah, are, go ahead. are you guys strictly barbecue we are or do you guys strictly, into other stuff too no man we are strictly barbecue
2: nice
1: that's what we do we are strictly a barbecue place um, and it you know sometimes sometimes I wonder if we should venture but at the end of the day I I, I just stick to stick to what I know best
2: cool, cool. Know, that, that's kind of what we try to do yeah. Yeah, that's our main focus, too, is barbecue. We, you know, I throw in other things here and there, and I play around with tons of food, especially a lot of seafood out here. But yeah, stick with the barbecue. Well, man, dude, I want to say thank you so
1: much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue. And hey, thanks for having me. It was a it. If anyone wants to start a food truck, I mean, I think you just need to sit and listen to us chat for for the next next while. I think we gave some good tips. We could
2: drop some knowledge. We, we gave some
1: tips, <laughs> right? Um, exactly. So, if you can do me a favor, I like to end this podcast in a, in a certain way, and it's very it's it's going to be kind of an interesting question for you. If you sure. could know, if you knowing what you know now, go back in time to when you first started cooking what are three tips you would give yourself to help shorten your learning curve?
2: Huh? Three tips becomes hard now, right? Yeah. Right. Um, the first thing I would have done was gone and taken a class. Like, I mean, I, I remember the first barbecue class that I took and, you know, I, I took it from Rub, Rub Bagby, uh, Swamp Boys Barbecue. He okay. came up uh, in um, from Florida, and uh, I took his class, and just the serious boost, the knowledge that you get. So you know, go take a class from somebody, see it hands on, see what they do. You know, it's going to like dramatically um, shorten the learning him. curve, yeah, yeah, and it's going to take you to a whole nother level immediately um second thing um uh don't wait so long to go to texas i mean jesus um go down there have their barbecue it's going to change your life (laughs) i mean it's just it's on a whole nother level down there and um uh let's see third thing um i don't know i think just talking to more people. You know, I was kind of closed off here on the Eastern shore of Maryland and, uh, you know, halfway through, I started getting out and meeting a lot more people expanding, you know, and talking to people. And, um, you know, what I did, you know, really shot up, you know? And I think early on when I was cooking, I thought, Oh, this stuff's the best. This stuff's the best. And, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, um, I, I need to be humbled a little bit um, because, you know, while I was, you know, it was good, um, you know, meeting and talking to people, you know, like talking to you, hanging out with, uh, you know, Kevin, um, you know, yeah. seeing what other people are doing, sharing. And that's what's great about the word of barbecue because people share things back and forth and talk about it and it just elevates everybody's game. You know, I have people that, you know, send me a question all the time. And, you know, I'm I'm happy to tell you everything I do, you know, because when it comes down to it, you still got to cook it. And in barbecue is a personal thing. People want to put their own spin on it. So, you know, get out there, talk to people. Don't be afraid to talk to people in barbecue because, you know, it's the for me, it's been the nicest community of people that I've ever met. Everybody shares this common interest. And, um, you know, they, they share and you pick up little things here along the way. And it, it just takes everything to the next level. Absolutely.
1: I definitely agree with you. And I will tell people pretty much anything, uh, you know, of what I do. And the thing is, like, you still have to, A, be able to cook it. B, exactly. you're never going to cook the exact same way I do. Nope. You just won't
2: just it, changing a cooker
1: yeah yeah. You know? it's, it's as just, simple as that it's gonna be different like it doesn't matter like you're you're gonna cook you're gonna cook some way differently than i do and it, it's gonna the, the flavor will be a little bit different i can tell you oh, yeah to a t what i do it doesn't matter
2: nope i mean you could tell me everything that you do and I could still not replicate your product cooking on one of my cookers just because of the amount of moisture that the Myron mixing cookers put out. They're oh, called absolutely. an H2O yeah. cooker for a reason. Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. another thing too. Yeah. I mean, I may be able to come close in a backwoods, but, you know, it's still not going to be the same, you know, yeah. and it's the same thing. You You wouldn't be able to replicate what, you know, I would put out on a drum or an old hickory. Oh, no, absolutely. Even if we followed the same recipe. Completely. So, you know.
1: I mean, even to, like, to a T of the same recipe, like, we could take the same rubs. Yep. And it would be different. Exactly. So, it's just, it's very, it's, I think people tend to forget that and then they tend to get a little bit afraid. And they're like, I don't want to tell people. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter, dude. Just tell people. No one gives a shit. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Like, like, we, I just really don't. Like, I'll tell you what I do and I'll tell you how to, how to
2: do it. But at some point, you know, you're going to want to make it your own, you know, too. So I mean, there's that other whole other human factor into it. So I'm not worried, you know. Yeah, no, not
1: worried at all. But once again, I want to say thank you for coming on the show, hanging out with us. If you can do me one last favor, can you please tell everyone where they can follow your journey on the internet?
2: Um, you you can check me out, um, at barbecue at bbq and beyond on Instagram. Um, barbecue and beyond on Facebook or Eric's phrase on Facebook, you know, follow me on all those platforms. Um, you know, we're posting stuff every day, mainly barbecue, lots of cool stuff. Lots of hot dogs in July. Lot. Oh my God. July, lots of hot dogs. So yeah, check us out.
1: BBQ and beyond. That is fantastic, man. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll have to have you back. It'll be fantastic.
2: That'd be great. Appreciate it.